Merry Christmas. Today, the baptism of the Lord, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, is the end of our observance of Christmas time. And, you know, the media gave up on Christmas uh, at uh, 12.01, the, the day after Christmas. But we as Catholics know that this is a beautiful season. And it's something that we need to celebrate and joyfully revel in the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to become incarnate to save you and I and to show us how to live. But what I want to talk to you today about are just obviously these readings. They're, they're very, very uh, interesting and informative. The question has to be, why in the world did Jesus present himself to be baptized? John the Baptist baptized a baptism of repentance. The entire reason to be baptized from John was because you had sinned and your sin was so significant that you needed to come and humbly before God allow the Jewish ritual of cleansing so that you might have remission for your sins. I'm sorry if that's my bite. Why would Jesus need to do this? Jesus was without sin. Jesus had no sin. He was like us in every way but sin. And John may not have known Jesus quite well at this point, but he knew enough about the prophecies of the Messiah from Isaiah and others that Jesus Christ, the Messiah would never be a sinner. So when Jesus presents himself to John, there's even an argument. If you read some of the other gospel accounts, John won't do it. Jesus says, yeah, you're going to do it. Jesus humbled himself to a level of, of honest goodness, embarrassment, to stand into the waters and allow John to baptize him in this activity of repentance. Okay, it had to be very, very confusing to John and everybody who was watching. Had to be. Because what Jesus is is counterintuitive to what most people would even think of who the Messiah would be. The Messiah was supposed to be a lion. He was supposed to be like David. He was supposed to be a conquering man who would come and change the world. But no, he goes into the water to be baptized in a repentance. This had to shock the community so much that they were taken aback. Let's take a look at this scene. Jesus is in the water. John is pouring the water or uh, dunking Jesus and bringing him up. And just at that time, as if in a way to confirm that what Jesus is doing is absolutely uh, perfect and true and appropriate, the heavens are torn open. And there is the Holy Spirit descending like a dove over the Son of God. And for the first time in a revelation to man, all three persons of the Trinity are either seen or heard at the same time. You know, in Scripture it says that the Spirit of God is so strong that it'll strip, it'll strip the cedars of Lebanon. Can you imagine how powerful this event was? It had to be shaking the people. There was God the Father's voice, there was the Holy Spirit, and there was God the Son. It had to have so much energy, it would make your hair stand up. 
Well, maybe. But I would tell you this. This is an insight of the counterintuitive. This is why you and I, myself first in line, struggle so much to understand who the Christ is. He is not a conquering king of this world. He is a humble servant of the Father, giving himself totally, even if it's embarrassing, in order to sanctify the very waters of the earth. And through those waters, he gives all of us the opportunity to have sanctified waters in our baptisms. It's beautiful. Jesus Christ was counterintuitive. In fact, St. Gregory, when he was trying to discern a little greater of the Christology of Jesus Christ, he wrote this. He wrote this in year 325. Jesus Christ is a paradox. He was baptized as a man, but he remits sins as God. Not because he needs purifying rites himself, but so that he might sanctify the element of water. He was tempted by man, but he conquered it as God. He was hungry like a man, but he fed thousands. He was thirsty and cried out. But what he said was, if all that you have thirst, come to me and I'll satisfy you. He was weary, but he is the rest for all of us who are weary and, weary and heavy laden. He prayed, and he answers prayers. This man, the Christ, Jesus Christ, is hard on our human intellect. We heard it in the first reading. Our ways are not his ways. His mind is not our mind. So my brothers and sisters, on this beautiful feast of the baptism of the Lord, I think we should be compelled to ask ourselves and reflect this week. We call ourselves, and rightfully so, rightfully so, followers of Jesus Christ. We call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves Catholics. If we're followers of Christ, do we even know how he would act? If we're followers of Christ, and it is our call from God to follow the commandments, which was also in the scripture today, do we? Now, God in his mercy understands our limitations and gives us great forgiveness if we particularly if we humble ourselves to the sacrament of confession. And it's all in his plan. But the fact of the matter, my brothers and sisters, all too many of us, myself, once again, first in line, have had the grace of God and a conversion of our heart come over us and we have decided that this is the direction I want to go and this is what I'm going to do and then far too often, we live our lives exactly the way we lived our lives before we met Christ personally. God tells us we must be holy as the Father is holy. It's a commandment. 
He commands us to do that. Be holy as my Father is not holy. My brothers and sisters, there's only one way you and I have a chance, a prayer at holiness. Absolute submission and humility. You and I must understand that if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, which you are, if I am a follower of Jesus Christ, my life can no longer be the way it was. I must be mitigating, I must be moving forward to God. I must be becoming more humble. I have to realize, as Jesus Christ said himself to the apostles on the very last night, he got down on his knees and washed their feet and he said, this is what it is to be my follower. He's so counterintuitive. So let's recognize the fact that our fault that our mind is not God's mind. He admitted that in his own scripture. But let you and I not fail with the assumption that we know what he wants from us. Reflexively, without thought and without prayer and without discernment. And let's take a little more time and respect the fact that this God is way over our heads as it relates to his will. But oh, my brothers and sisters, you and I can respond. You and I can close. You and I can make a difference. You and I can change the world a little bit at a time by being his healing, by he being his mercy to others, by being his joy, and by being his truth about who he is and what's important in life to everybody we meet the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's introduction to teach us how to live. Never sinned. Went into the river to receive a blessing of repentance. Humbled himself. Embarrassed himself so that he might sanctify the waters for you and I. It's beautiful. My dad once told me, he said, Paul, whatever you do, you'll never be successful with anything if you straddle a fence. If you straddle a fence, it's just going to be painful. My brothers and sisters, you and I can no longer straddle. I know you well enough. You're not straddlers. You're sitting here because you're not. Let us understand how important it is to make that commitment. Stand on the other line in humility and beg God for his grace. May God continue to bless you.